Michael, how are you doing today? 58, this is the number, 58. We're almost to 60 episodes of Coffee with Coach. How are things over in the UK, my man? It's it's going good, man. It's going good. Can you believe? Obviously, welcome everybody. Can you believe, Jeff? I say this every week now, but it's really relevant. We're so close. Like, I can smell football at this point. Probably like a month <laughs> away from preseason. I think we're like three and a half weeks away from preseason. You're in training camp in Canada. We've waited, and suddenly it's almost time. Man. It, it is almost time. We are in week, or it should be day. It seems like week seven. We are in day seven of training camp, and now is when. It's that long grind, and we call it the slog. You just try and put one foot in front of the other and, and get a little better each day. Uh, but it is great to have football back. I'm just telling you. And Before we get questions, though, Jeff, I think we're going to have to talk about this. Did you watch the football on Sunday? Did you, did you see the Euros? The yes, final? I did. Yes, I did. And I predicted England 3-1. That was my prediction. And again, I, I, I have... I, basically split on it right because obviously you're happy for the italians but michael let me tell you something there's a huge italian population in this city right mm. after, after the history is after world war ii and italy was in shambles you know economically a number yeah. of people came over here to work in the steel mills that were you know active this is one of the bigger steel cities in the world and so the north end of hamilton which is not far from where our stadium is is loaded with Italian immigrants and immigrant families, the second and third generation now, Italian families. And I didn't, I didn't watch the game because we're in, I was in a meeting in training camp, but as soon as the, as soon as the final second ticked off the clock and the last penalty shot happened, you could hear the noise on the streets. I mean, Italian flags in the cars. There, there was a the thing on the news about it that night. Italian flags in the cars. Everybody's honking. It's absolute madness. And they shut off downtown. All the streets downtown were loaded with the Italian fans celebrating <laughs> their win. And you know, I, that was kind of cool. But I can't imagine that. You know, just how devastated or gutted, as as you know, is the term in England. Uh, the English fans had to be. Yeah, it, it was it was a good tournament. I was over in London on Wednesday. Look, I, I'll, I'll say nothing about the game, but it was good to see um, almost a, a little bit of normality. And I guess that you know, in terms of you know capacity and fans, that bodes well for yeah, yeah, and that, that that bodes well for for the games in October, which I like to think it's happening. So it's it's great, and I'm look I'm looking forward to it. But Jeff, I I know you're a busy man in training camp. There's a few questions here. If you have time, have you got time for your answer? Always got time. <laughs> right. Brad from London uh, wants to know how the preparations are going for the tie cats and how do you feel your boys will do this season? Before you answer that, there's a few people asking about the TV rights and stuff. I don't think BT's showing it this year, but if we well, hear anything. We we'll, heard we'll you know. just yesterday that now BT is going to pick up the feed and that you should be able to see it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, privy to all the details but i did hear that yesterday uh obviously we've got a, we've got a big big fan base in the uk and uh tight cat nation uk is going to be able to watch their team play we open august 5th it's going to be crazy uh they have in western part of canada they have allowed now capacity stadiums so obviously at, with, after a season off we'll walk into a hornet's nest in winnipeg against the defending great cup champions and, a, and what will be a packed house. So looking forward to it. And, you know, if you're in the UK and you, you can follow us on BT Sport. 
happy days. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And Brad was saying, you know, how do you feel your boys will do? Great Cup I champions, think, yeah. I, well, I think we got a good football team. But, you know, you, you know, everybody feels they got a good football team right now. It's You know, you got to stay healthy. You got to play well. You know, the tough thing for us, Mike, is because of the COVID restrictions and, you know, we're not going to play at home until September. So we've got yeah. a whole month of road games before we have before we ever get home. And our stadium is beautiful and is, you know, we've sold it out, I don't know, 26, 28 straight games. And it's a tremendous advantage for us. It's a home field advantage, but we won't be home until, you know, September. So we got to weather the storm in August and then you know, do our thing down the stretch. We've got three or four questions, but we'll try and get through it really quickly. Fred Flunk from Dublin, obviously. Is Richard Sherman finished? Obviously, that's the news is becoming oh. Richard Sherman and, 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 you know, it's not great. Yeah, that's, that, that was really, uh, I think, unfortunate to hear. And obviously, Richard's got issues that he's got to get help with. Um, you know, apparently there was alcohol involved in, in the, both of the incidents. And yeah. um, I, I think today they've been uh, downgraded to misdemeanor charges, which means he probably won't have to go to serve jail time or prison time. But obviously... There are some things he needs to. There are priorities bigger than football right now for Richard Sherman, and I, I'm hopeful that uh, you know he's able to take care of all those things. Yeah, it you know even putting all that aside, it's going to be difficult to get a team this close to the season now as well. But our thoughts, hopefully, everything gets better there. And um, the Under Center podcast in Ireland is asking you who is your way too early pick for Rookie of the Year? Any ideas? Wow, now that's a, <laughs> because. You think about the guys that are coming into situations. So much of that is going to be, you know, how many touches? If it's an off, and typically it's an offensive player. So how many touches is that guy going to get? And you know, um, one of the guys that you got to think is going to see touches and get featured is Jamar Chase in Cincinnati. And it's interesting. We're talk, going to talk to a bunch of, you know, or actually the Who Day UK fan base here today and uh, I think Jamar Chase is one of those guys that I'd look for to have a breakout rookie season two more questions very quickly first one Owen Farrell who is from Ashbourne in Ireland uh, will Aaron Rodgers be traded to the Broncos I did not ask that question <laughs> it, it says to real too. here is that your cousin? he's still he, you, nobody that, knows what's cousin? going on did you see Shefford during the week he's like, he's like he's nobody like, knows what's going on except Aaron Rodgers knows what's going on and I think this is I think he frankly likes this I think he likes the suspense i think he likes keeping the you know keeping the packers front office in stitches and and uh, let's let's be honest about aaron Rodgers. he could walk in the training or walk in the equipment room get a helmet get a pair of cleats go out on the field and throw strikes the first day so I, you know for him i think he's a transcendent talent i still believe he'll be in green bay and for all of you know cheesehead nation I'm sure they got to believe and, and have faith that he'll be back. I, I just, it would be so incredible for me to see him in another uniform. I mean, could it happen? Yes, it could happen. Will it be the Broncos? Well, maybe, uh, but <laughs> I just really think that he'll be in Green Bay. Finally, my friend, Shane, literally my mate, uh, lives up beside me here. Ask Jeff which non-playoff team from this year could make a run this year. Sorry, from last year, could make a run this year. Who well, do you I think? think there's, I, you know, there, I think there's a number. I think, you know, you look at that NFC North, right? If, if, if Green Bay loses Rodgers, which is a potential challenge, I mean, could Minnesota fix their defense enough 
to to make a run. I, they have in the past. I think San Francisco, if they stay healthy, can make a run. You know, you look at Tennessee, how much is Julio Jones going to impact that team? Can they make a run? So I think there's a number of teams that are in position to make a run, but they're still they still have questions, you know, as you go forward. The Dolphins are, are is Tua going to take that step? Can they make a run? You know, I think it's going to be a fascinating season. Right. I, I know you're a busy man. You're a vet. Like, I'm, I can vouch for you. I think I've heard from you once this week. I, I usually talk to you more than my wife. So before you go back <laughs> in the training camp, uh, who's the main guest this week, Jeff? We are going to have Jamie Rowe. And, and what, what you and I talked about, and I thought this was your idea, and I thought it was a fantastic idea. That's why you are the brains behind this operation, right? Not only the producer, the director, you know, the talent wrangler, you are the brains. Of the the talent, talent wrangler. <laughs> so you suggested to me, now listen to this one, fans. Michael suggested to me, why don't we have fan groups from around the world, the UK primarily, but around the world, come on and talk about their teams? Because we're always, as, as analysts and, and, you know, pundits or whatever you want to call it, we're always talking about it, but we never listen to what the fans have to say. And it's fascinating when you, uh, when you talk to fans, just how passionate they are and how, how, you know, how at this time of year, especially everybody's optimistic. And so we got Jamie Rowe from one of the most active and powerful. And, you know, I guess, uh, if you talk about sheer numbers, one of the biggest fan clubs in the UK who day underscore UK, the Cincinnati Bengals uh, fan club. And uh, you, you're going to have, you're going to hear it. it's, it's, in, it's an interesting interview. Hey, excited to have one of the biggest Bengal fans I know on the planet with us today. Hi, it's Jamie Rowe and Jamie is from the Bengals fan club, Who Day UK. All right, so that's, you gotta go at Who Day underscore capital letters UK if you wanna follow these guys and, and all the Bengal news that's going on and, and Bengal hysteria, I would call it. Right, Jamie? Yeah, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a strange time to be a Bengals fan. I, I'm broadly positive, I think, um, despite you know, every bit of my brain telling me not to be. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be an exciting year. I don't think, you know, I don't think we'll trouble any teams. I don't think we're going to win much, but I, I think at least it'll be kind of fun losing as opposed to terrible losing. All right, on this show, uh, it's always unscripted, kind of light, having fun. Um, and one of the questions we normally ask a guest, and I'm going to ask it of you, is tell us about your football journey and then now, because you're so in, you know, intimately involved in, you know, Bengals fandom, how did that happen? I mean, it's it's a long way from Cincinnati to Manchester. It is indeed. So um, my my dad's a, a a big NFL fan. He's a big Green Bay Packers fan. Um, so he he kind of uh, brought me into the sport um, when I was about ten, eleven. I, I started playing Madden, and I got very good at Madden uh, quite quickly. And so when I was playing my dad at Madden, um, to kind of give him a bit of a chance, I'd play as the worst team on the game. And uh, that was the Bengals um, in the early 2000s, um, which was a particularly lean period. 
Okay, now wait a second. Now, you became a master at Madden. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm I'm not anymore. But you know, when when you're 11, um, you've got those you got those sharp reflexes. You you kind of <laughs> know how to know how to play the game. You know, you, you're spending hours and hours and hours of time on it instead of uh, going out and doing work. So um, you can put the effort in. All right, give me, give me, I need some insight then because we're in training camp and you know, you're always looking for, we talk about the player to the players all the time about we're looking for uh, small wins, slight edges. Give me your best Madden play. What was your go-to play as you worked as a Cincinnati Bengal head coach? So, um, so on, on Madden 2000, which, which is how far back we're going. Um, it was that halfback toss sweep, um, get it out to Corey Dillon on, on the, um, on the outside of the defense, you're going to get mismatches there. You've got pulling guards and you can basically just run that seven, seven yards a, a, a play and you're kind of there. Um, you know, sometimes you might find yourself behind in the down distance, but um, as your bread and butter play, um, just sweeps and tosses, brilliant stuff for, for, for that period of Madden game. All right, so you ended up to finally, as, as you got a little older, your thumb wasn't quite as dexterous as it was earlier in your career, and it came time to put down the Madden, Madden game. Now, tell me about the how you guys created Who Day UK, and, and what, what was the genesis of that? Okay, so um, we've got a lot of fans down in London, and they kind of came up with this idea first. So. Um, a few of them, guys called Paul Hirons and, and Mike Smith, um, they all kind of met met at first and, and came up with this idea of, of bringing Bengals fans in the UK together for, for meetups and things like that. Um, and it kind of snowballed from there. So we, we had our first, um, first meetup probably in about 2015. So we're going back a few years, and, and that was probably the last time the Bengals were, were any good. Um, and we've had sort of meetings in, in, in London. We've had them in Sheffield, in Manchester. Um, you know, we, we're trying to spread it around, around the country as much as we can. Um, hopefully, we can get in a position where we, we're doing more meetups for, for the upcoming season. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of grown from there. Um, so we've had meetups. We started a podcast, which has has been pretty well received. Um, all all kinds of great guests on on there, um, and you know it, it's it's grown. and And if you're going on on Twitter following, um, which I think is a, is a bit of a a rough measure of these things, um, we're currently the sixth biggest. Uh, fan group in the UK, which for a team like the Bengals is, I think, overperforming. Well, while we don't script this, we do do some research. And I, I, stu- I, I found that very topic out. That yours is one of the strongest fan clubs in the UK and, and growing. And as you said, very aggressive and moving your, your meetups around the country. Explain to the to listeners and viewers, uh, Jamie, what goes on? So if I'm a Bengal fan and I hear there's going to be a meetup in Sheffield or Manchester or, you know, wherever, what, what can I anticipate when I walk in? So we, 
I mean, we usually try to either put it round a game if it's if it's in the season, or we'll do something special for the draft um, or something like that. So there's always something kind of going on in the background. Um, we get people together usually um, usually in a pub or something like that. Um, there's there's quite a bit of sort of carousing and and. Uh, and hmm, that sounds yeah. interesting. What kind of what kind of carousing do Bengal fans do? Oh, it's 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 mainly an awful lot of beer, to be honest. Um, we'll do quizzes, we'll do competitions. We've we've had various uh, things that have been given to us by uh, Bengals players and and uh, Bengals fan organisations over in Cincinnati, um, which have helped um, sort of to, to give our quizzes and competitions something something to play for. Um, our last meetup was actually before the Wembley game when when the Bengals last played at Wembley um, going back two years ago. So that was um, that was kind of nice just to to get everyone coming together for it um, because quite a lot of the fan base were in London for that um, and you know we, we managed to get everyone in the same place and, and managed to get a few few guests along as well. All right, I got to ask you, have you been to the hallowed ground that is Paul Brown Stadium? Yeah, I've, I've been a few times. So um, I first went in 2011 um, and I kind of, it, it, it was something done very quickly on a whim. Um, I managed to, to get the opportunity to go over there and, and it was it was really special. Um, I've been a few times. I, I, I went in 2013 for the... Uh, Packers game with my dad. I've, I've been to Lambeau Field as well uh, for the return fixture of them. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a big experience. Um, I mean, if you manage to go towards the end of September when when they've got Oktoberfest going on in Cincinnati, um, <laughs> it's you know it's it's a it's a big deal. It's a big German city, um, or it's sort of Americans pretending to be Germans, um, and it's it's really fun. Well, I tell you what, it's interesting that you, you uh, in kind of uh, poetic justice, I guess, that you picked the Bengals. Now you're here today and you're all, you got your Bengals jersey on, you're drinking from your Bengals coffee cup. I, let's talk about your team. Let's talk about what you see for Zach Taylor and this Cincinnati Bengal team. How much of a jump do you think they can make, Jamie? I mean, the question is 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 about Zach Taylor. Um, he's not had a brilliant start as a head coach, and I think this this year is is really make or break for him. Um, the the Bengals have a tradition of um, being quite kind to head coaches and and giving them a lot of space and a lot of time, uh, sometimes beyond uh, what they deserve. And it's a case of whether you know it's are the Bengals going to be winning in spite of Zach Taylor? Is Zach Taylor holding that team back? Um, it's There's a lot of talent on the roster and there's also a lot of holes on the roster. And the Bengals are in a particularly tough division. I think I think the Browns and the Ravens are, are going to be fighting it out for the division this year. <coughs> Sorry. Um, so, you know, it's, it's an uphill battle. Um, but there's enough there to think that we're going to have some fun. Um, the offense looks particularly stacked. Um, they've, they've made efforts to 
to rebuild the offensive line, um, which was kind of where it all fell apart last year. Um, so some of the, the less talented players from that line last year have been um, jettisoned to other teams. We brought in some replacements. Well, you know what? And when I look at them, you know, this is a 4-11 and team that finished, even with a backup quarterback, you know, finished stronger down the stretch, you know, and you got to say that that's a positive looking forward. I agree with what you said. I, you know, you look at some of this team and, and I know a lot of it's going to hinge on Joe Burrow and his knee, and which apparently from everything I've heard from people in Cincinnati is he's in great shape. He's, he's rehabbed extremely hard and he's ready to go. You know, this is a team that's not without weapons. And, you know, whether it's Joe Mixon or, you know, any of that group of receivers that they've got. And then you bring in Jamar Chase. And I think you're right. I think it, a lot of it's going to come down to how much development the offensive line can make. But um, this is a team I think can score points. The question for me, Jamie, is what about the defense? Because the defense struggled, especially getting to the passer last year. Yeah, I, I think the defense is is probably going to be a problem this year. Um, there's a good linebacker. There's a couple of good linemen. You know, they've 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 signed some some defensive backs, but is it enough? I'm not entirely sure myself. Yeah, you know, I, I, this is interesting. Now, I have a history, of, you know, of the with the Bengals, and you look at this club, and. You know, I go back to the Sam Weiss days and they had no scouting department, basically, for all those years. The coaches basically did the scouting. And it's been one of the organizations in the league that has taken criticism because they don't spend money, that they you know try and do everything on the cheap. Their facilities were never great. Their, you know, the practice field was right underneath a overpass and you could barely hear anybody from all the cars going by. I mean, it's just been one of those kinds of things, but yet in spite of that, this is a team that just, it's, it's like that gnat that won't go away. You just keep, you know, it's like, and, and I really think that if you're a Bengal fan, you are a true, true fan. Now, interesting off season addition to me is Trey Hendrickson and 13 and a half sacks coming over from new Orleans. That's, you know, they were last in the NFL in sacks. He's, and it hurts to lose Lawson, but I, Hendrickson's got to help that pass rush. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I, I, I don't think Hendrickson's quite the level that Carl Lawson was. Carl Lawson flew under the radar in terms of, of stats because he'd be the one getting the pressure and it'd be other players um, capitalising on that. Whether Hendrickson can do it, you know, without the support of, of his teammates in New Orleans, New Orleans had a, a much better pass rush than us last year. You know, we, we yet to see. Um, I did like Hendrickson an awful lot last season. And, um, you know, even during a game um, that was watching uh, New Orleans in, I, I said, you know, this guy's going to be a free agent next year. I want him. Um, he looks like the kind of player that, that, that we want to have. Um, so, you know, maybe it'll bridge that gap. Um, I mean, one, one of the things with, with the pass rush is that they've brought in uh, Cam Sample through the draft. Um, there's another draft defensive uh, from Texas. What's his name? Uh, oh, uh, oh, Joseph Osai. Yeah, Joseph. Yeah, um, I, I think they, as as a three, they might replace what Carl Lawson brought. 
Um, but it's it's a bit of a gamble. And, you know, if I was the Bengals this off-season, I'm looking at the franchise tag, I'm looking at the transition tag, I, I would have used it on Lawson more than any other player um, that we had. Well, it's interesting. I, I talked to Winston Rose, who is a, a defensive back for the Bengals and one of my ex-players, and I asked him, going into his second year now in Cincinnati, I said, Winnie, what, how do you feel? He said, Jeff, I think we're going to surprise people. He said, I think we're going to be much better than people give us credit for. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to read some of the additions that they brought in. Ricardo Allen, Eli Apple, who I'm not crazy about, but Chidobe Awuze, Hendrickson, Mike Hilton. You know, you're talking about Larry Obanjobi. You're talking about some quality people, Riley Reif, to help solidify that offensive line we talked about. So it, what you're seeing to me, Jamie, is a positive trend for the Bengals that they will go out and spend money on free agents trying, you know, you know, they're not big money guys, but they're at least they're out there trying to improve the roster. Yeah. And they're filling gaps. Um, so, you know, Oak and Joby's coming in because Gino Atkins has left. Um, Gino Atkins obviously had, had an incredible career with the Bengals last year. He was really affected by an injury and that kind of ended his time. <coughs> Very sorry. Um, you know, I, I, I think the, the guy on that list that I'm most enthused about is Mike Hilton, um, who's going to be coming in specifically to play that slot cornerback role. Um, he'll occasionally be an inside-the-box blitzer. Um, I, I think that's a really good signing, and, and that's a really kind of effective signing, um, given how you know, given how the Bengals play defense. I think that's a positive sign for their pass rush, too, because Mike Hilton... You know, that slot blitz that a lot of people use in, in you know, because I think the Bengals are going to be a zone blitz team. I think this is a team that's going to be, you know, a little bit like the old Pittsburgh Steelers, a little bit like the old Philadelphia Eagles with a, with Jim Johnson, that zone blitz scheme, not put the corners on an island. And Mike Hilton is one of the best slot corner blitzers in the National Football League. So, again, if you consider him as part of the pass rush in that scheme, Hendrickson an improvement, the young guys have got to play. That's the thing. I think it's going to come down to a lot of it's going to come down to what some of these younger players that the Bengals have, how fast they can make a jump. I agree with you. It's so hard because you're in just, a, I mean, a meat grinder of a division. You know, Pittsburgh's going to be good on defense. I think they'll take a step back offensively. Cleveland, obviously. Baltimore, obviously. So, you know, it's going to be a it's going to be a challenge, certainly. But I, I don't. How do you feel? I mean, what what's the what does Bengals Nation feel? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, we've we've had five years of not particularly great teams, and sort of five years of regression um, up until the point they they were picking first and, and picking Joe Burrow. All the hope is in Burrow. And all the hopes in in what Burrow can do with this offense. So um, whether we can kind of pass to set up the run, whether Chase giving us that that deep option that we didn't have last year means that there's more opportunity for Higgins and Boyd to get open underneath, for the tight ends to get open. Um, and we're passing to set up Joe Mixon in space, which, which will suit his running style. I, I think we're going to be very fun offensively. There's going to be a lot of yards and a lot of points. Again, it comes down to the defense. There have been additions. Um, 
whether they're enough to to actually take us into you know a a, a winning team or a team that would be winning um in in another division um i'm not too sure uh, yet but you know it might be enough um i think we'll be fun but i just don't think that they'll have enough this year to to be challenging I got I to gotta ask you this one. The Bengals, which is, this is shocking to me, right? And I didn't even realize it until I was doing my research, have just recently created a ring of honor like most teams have in their stadium. Certainly we do, everybody else, where you honor the legendary figures. Uh, they don't have to be players sometimes, but le- legendary figures in the organization. The Bengals have finally caught up to the times. And I think there's a lot of reasons to, you know, to say that the Bengals are in the right, moving in the right direction. Paul Brown, Anthony Munoz, a couple of the first two to go up. Who would you as a Bengal fan and who would, who would Houday Nation, if we, if I took a straw poll and I said, okay, Houday Nation, come up with three additions that you love to see up on that Bengals wall of honor. Okay. So I, I think the three that spring to mind immediately, um, Ken Anderson, who was a great quarterback in the late seventies, early eighties, um, so up there is, is one of the most accurate passes in, in NFL history. He's got, you know, he, he won the AFC Championship game when it was sort of down minus 20, 20 odd Fahrenheit. Um, that's an incredible performance. And that's that's the kind of thing where where legends are made. Um, I think Ken Anderson should be there. Um, I mean, particularly sort of, going back to the, the last Wembley game for, for the Bengals, um, he was very much a presence in the pub. Uh, he was <laughs> he was doing the rounds and he, he was talking to everyone. So I've, I've got a lot of time for, for Ken Anderson. Um, another guy is the late Ken Riley. Um, sadly, he passed away a, a few years ago. Um, he's sort of a, a very large number of interceptions. I think he was fourth um, in NFL history at the point of his retirement in the mid-80s. Um, he would be another name that I think would be in there. And for me, um, Willie Anderson, the tackle from the late 90s, early 2000s and, and kind of the bedrock of that um, early 2000s offense, which got going with, with Palmer and, and Ocho Cinco and Hushman Zada. Um, but it was all based on really stellar offensive line work. And, and Willie Anderson, who had a 14-year career, and in that time gave up 13 sacks, which That's, is astonishing. Um, is a, those are Hall of Fame numbers right there. Yeah, yeah. And, and one of the things with, with the Ring of Honor is, is they're kind of bringing it in because a lot of Bengals fans have started making, um, making movements towards getting our players in the Hall of Fame. There's only one um, Bengals Hall of Famer at the moment, um, as a player, and that's Anthony Munoz. Obviously, Paul Brown's in as a coach. We've got a, a couple of guys that have gone in for sort of four other teams. Um, the Ring of Honor, I think, is the team's response to that in that, you know, if the team don't recognise their greats, then how do we expect the, the Pro Football Hall of Fame to do it? Um, so it's, it's a positive step. Um, I think those... I mean, I think they're they're only letting two more guys in this year, so one of those three is going to have to to sit out and wait another year. Um, we'll don't, see. Don't you think Chris Collinsworth deserves a, 
a spot in that. David Fulcher. I mean, there's some, there's some, you've had some running backs in that franchise over time that, that I think are guys you got to consider. This is not a team that hasn't had stars. Ocho Cinco, you mentioned Hushmanzada. They've had some great players in Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, once you get beyond that kind of, I mean, I, I, I love Ocho Cinco and I love Collinsworth. They're, you know, they're great players for Bengals history. They're probably not Pro Football Hall of Famers, um, but there's that. There's a lot of that level of of player that you know should be going into a Ring of Honor over the next few years. So you're talking about you, your Boomer Isaacs, your your Corey Dillons, yep. um, Max Montoya. I think Max yep. Montoya should be there's in there. One. And now you're uh, talking. Now we're getting to some names in Bengal history. So yeah, I mean there's. We've, we've had this great litany of stars um, over the years and the Bengals have been kind of dragging their feet on recognising them, but that's changing. I, I think there's there's a lot more fan engagement with the front office these days. Um, there was a long time where it was just very, very hostile between the two. Um, so the fan base didn't like the front office. The front office didn't really like the fan base. Um, you know, there was a there's a, a dodgy deal really to um, um, to do with the stadium where, where they had taxpayers' money for the stadium. That didn't go down well with, with the people living in the county. Um, so they're, they're kind of patching things up now. Well, I think, you know, you, as I say, you look back at their history and, and uh, you know, they've been to a Super Bowl. Uh, you, you know, you talk to guys that have played there, Solomon Wilcox, who will come on our show on occasion. Um, still lives in Cincinnati. He was raised in Southern California, played in, uh, played at Colorado, and then went and you know played uh, safety on the Super Bowl team. And uh, you know he's chosen to live in Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a great town. It's it's a it's a football town. And you know I think that the Bengals are trending in the right direction in terms of healing what you talked about. And I'm going to throw a name at you. It's another guy that I think belongs up on that Ring of Honor. And he's a guy I've known for a long, long time. And I think when you look at his body of work and what he was able to accomplish in Cincinnati, in an organization that frankly at that time didn't, you know, didn't spend money like certainly like some of the other clubs did. Marvin Lewis has to get some consideration, doesn't he? Oh, I, I, I am a massive Marvin Lewis fan. Um, you know, uh, we, we're looking back on Marvin Lewis now through through the prism of having had Zach Taylor for two years, and you're kind of considering the job, the work that he had to do to to get this team, even just to be competitive, um, was was significant. Obviously, he was the Bengals head coach for what 12, 13 years. Um, he's going to leave a massive mark for whatever you know for whatever he brought to the team. Um, I think he would have seen significantly more success um, if he was at a normal franchise that kind of supported their head coaches and spent money and, and you know, set them up for, for winning. Um, he's, a, he's a great coach. And from, from what I've heard, he's, he's, a, he's a good man as well. Um, he, he still does a lot of, of charity work. He does a lot of charity work around Cincinnati now. Uh, where he's working down in Arizona, um, he, he he does some great stuff there. He's a he's a very good man, and, and uh, you know, I've, I've, like I said, I've known Marvin for a long time, and I really thought he did an outstanding job 
at Cincinnati. All right, let's talk about, I'm going to hold you. We've had a half an hour of good conversation. Awesome, awesome, awesome to talk to the fan. You know, the, the one of the most active fan bases in the UK uh, at Hooday underscore UK. So if you're any kind of Bengals fan or you're looking for a team, why don't you get in touch with these guys? And, and uh, at least they got the funkiest helmets in the NFL. I can tell you that one for sure. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot before I let you go. Should I go to the grocery store and get a paper bag because it's going to be one of those paper bag wearing kind of who, <laughs> who day nation uh, seasons or is the bag going to come off and are we going to see some smiles in the faces of, of Bengal fans? I don't think we'll need a bag this year. Um, I don't, I mean, again, I, I don't think it's going to be a playoff year, but I, there's going to be a lot of fun to be had along the way. Um, I think we will will win some games. Um, there's, you know, every chance that that we cause a lot of problems for for the other teams in the division. Um, I don't think it's it's a it's a bad year. Um, certainly not like two years ago. Well, as long as you can keep uh, you, know, as long as you can keep number nine upright on his feet and healthy, you're going to have a chance. Because I do agree, Jamar Chase in that receiving core. Joe Mixon at running back, improved offensive line. There's no reason the Bengals won't score points. It's just going to be a question of can they slow anybody down. It has been an absolute blast having you with us today, Jamie Rowe. Excuse me. From at Hooday underscore UK, the Cincinnati Bengals fan club in the UK. Like I say, if you're a Bengals fan and you're new to the UK, find them because it's uh, you'll find what do they say. Uh, Misery and company, or company. Yes. <laughs> so, hopefully, hopefully uh, give if, me a prediction. Give me a prediction. Tell me how many you're going to win. Okay, I think I think we'll be about seven and ten um, this year. I keep having to to sort of count to more than sixteen now, um, <laughs> which is which is difficult. Um, so I think I think seven and ten is is probably roughly where we're going to end. But I think it'll be a fun seven and ten, and you know next year might well be where where we're starting to really make a make an imprint on, like on the league seven and ten would be a would be a real positive season in cincinnati and a, a step in the right direction and i i kind of root for those guys because i root for the underdog a lot and uh anything you want to say jamie anything you want to put out there to fans uh you know you're welcome this is your your minute all right basically um come be a bengals fan if you are looking for a team um this is going to be the closest experience you get to following say your bang average english soccer club um we're not particularly great we're not particularly bad we'll have good times we'll have bad times but we'll have fun along the way um get on board um you know at least <laughs> at least it's 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 always it's always interesting if not if not always uh, successful Jamie, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you with us. And go who day? Who day? Who day?